0: What the truck! You are listening to wide? the Truck?
1: Are you ready to truck it? It's time for your Nooner with Dooner and Leatherface. Thank you, Armstrong Transport, KC, Kerry Danucci. What a lovely sound that is. Keep going, my friend. Hey, happy 10-4 day, everybody, by the way. Happy 10-4 day. It's uh, a trucker holiday. However, my friend Mike Lombard has taken a little umbrage with the day. He said, brokers, stop pretending 10-4 is also your day. Your Cisco phone is not a CB radio. Please stop culturally appropriating. What do you think out there? it okay for everybody to uh, celebrate 10-4 day? I think so, Mike. you got to calm down. There's a lot of people who make the supply chain flow and make sure your drivers get where to, they need to go. So I think we can all take part in it. There's no need to gatekeep 10 4 day. By the way, everybody, don't freak out. 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Your phones are going to go nuts. There's an alert coming out by the emergency broadcast system. If you were a kid growing up watching cartoons in the 80s, you remember that thing. You'd be in the middle of, like, Ninja Turtles, and then next thing you know, emergency broadcast system would come on and you'd think you're going to get nuked. So we'll, uh, we're back to that. wonder what's going on geopolitically to make that necessary. We'll find out at 2.20. Uh, a little bit of news right here. Uh, Michelle McKitchen, she says, Check Sunset Logistics out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. They have 311 power units, and I think they just went belly up with no final paychecks. Uh, another listener has said that. They heard in the local news this is true. Check Freightways.com. They should have a full story on that one soon. we got Clarissa Hawes. Looking into that one for all of you. Hey, on today's episode, we got a ton going on for ten four day. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be celebrating with he- Hylians Thomas Healy. Their Hypertruck ERX just got a crucial CARB certification. Now, Hypertruck ERX equipped vehicles qualify as near zero emission vehicles under both CARB and uh, the ACT Act and the ACF rulings. We'll find out from Thomas what this means for their uh, their trucks and their powertrains and what's happening moving forward. Gongs. They've been causing a lot of controversy across social media and no company has been closer to the epicenter of that than steam logistics so steve cox is coming by he's bringing steam's gong we're gonna talk about what the controversy is and then uh you know maybe we'll hit the thing I did bring a crash helmet with me. Agile, they're coming on. They link your brand with high-quality trucks that serve as mobile billboards, literally driving your business forward. We're going to meet their co-founder, Tom Shea, in just a minute, here to find out all about the world of truck advertising. Beta Consulting Group's Trey Griggs, he stops by to talk about Broker Carrier Summit. That's just a week away. And then FreightWaves' Justin Martin updates us on the Estes hack, speed limiters, clean porta-potties, and if Flexport should have let Nelly play at their event. Did you guys hear about that? Supposedly Nelly was supposed to play at their event for $150,000, but they thought the optics looked bad, so Nelly got 150K, Flexport got no Nelly performance. We'll talk about it. But first, we've got to tip the band, then we'll get into the show. Looking for a new adventure? Take the next step on your journey with AIT Worldwide Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions backed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push the supply chain envelope your next adventure is waiting, visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Hey, by the way, those eyes down there, that's Slappy from Goosebumps. Don't piss them off. You ever see a Goosebumps movie? Spooky season. All right, Tom Shea, co-founder at Agile, is here. What is up, Tom?
2: Nooner with Dooner. Oh, man, what's up? Not too much. I, uh, I was thinking, actually, you know, I am a media guy. You got Nooner with Dooner. You really got to get High Noon as a sponsor for this one because w- there's a, no better pair than that. Do you
1: have do you have a connection there? Hook hook me up. I would love yeah, to. Have yeah, yeah, we'll make a few calls. We'll make a few calls. We can talk after. All right. How we'll are talk- you? What the truck is up? What the truck is up, man. It's ten four day. Happy ten four day if you celebrate. You put plenty of trucks on the road. So you uh you have right. to be a participant in this. I'm excited to talk to you. You know, we did truck wraps on Friday and I had a truck wrap company and it was really Mario. Cool. We talked about that whole pro yeah. Are you familiar with those guys? I'm not familiar, but uh we'll have to call me if we can send him some business. Now, you do something that's similar but different, right? What Tell people what that's Agile right. is, because when you, this topic came to me, I was like, this is really cool.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, Agile started because we were looking around at all other forms of commercial transportation and realizing that everyone except Truckside was being subsidized by advertising. So you look at taxi tops, buses, trains, all of these other commercial uh, forms of transportation are getting these ad subsidies, and the trucking industry was not. And so what we do is... We partner with trucking companies around the country. We send them $500 per truck per month in exchange for the rights to advertise on their truck. And we pair them with massive brands like Pepsi, T-Mobile, Planet Fitness, things like that. And it works great, the brands love it. Um, there's a fun like, psychology element to it in some cases, right? You're looking at on-screen Vacation Inc. is a sunscreen brand. Well, they, they put their ads on some trucks. It looks like everyone's buying their sunscreen. Everyone's buying gear, everyone's buying Vacation. So there's this really cool thing uh, that's maybe non obvious about this type of marketing where people see things on trucks and guess what? We see Amazon trucks, we see alcohol delivery trucks. We think it's delivering that product. When we put brands on these trucks, people are going, oh my God, everyone's buying Glossier, everyone's buying Whey, everyone's buying these products. So it's been really fun. Um, we started it in 2018. It was like a passion project that eventually became, you know, a lifestyle and i um, excited to share. We'll send about a million dollars to trucking partners this year.
1: So how did you like? How did you get into this? When as a kid, were you driving around seeing trucks all the time and saying like these are great billboards or or what? How did this come about? Yes, yeah, so I linked
2: up with my business partner Max Flannery, but I actually come from a lineage of um, building graphics and sign companies. So my dad owned a company in New York called Minola Science, you know, small business USA type uh, of institution, and he was you know doing everything from sh- building signs to truck wraps to car wraps, and so. Came up around those parts, um, tried really hard not to end up exactly where my family started. And lo and behold, fast forward 20 or so years, and I, Apple didn't fall too far from the tree. So I've sort of taken many old assigns and turned Agile into what was 2.0 of that version with a bit more specialty. There's just some interesting technology enablement where we can retarget people who pass the trucks on Facebook and Instagram. And I won't get too deep in the weeds for you there. but um,
1: you know it's been a, it's been an awesome ride. How did you learn like how to do this? How did you build the company? What were those early years like? Yeah, so um, the first
2: model of the business was very different than the one we currently do. It was actually digital screens on trucks. So if you've been in a place like New York City, you might see these digital screens on top of taxi tops. Our idea was to do that exactly for trucks, make these screens time location and contextually aware. You go down the highway, there's a McDonald's off exit five. On the, that screen on the back of the truck, on that back door, display McDonald's coming up, turn off here. When it passes that exit, exit five, goes to exit six, goes, okay, there's a gas station coming up after this exit, off exit six, display an ad for that. And when we tried to build that business, the feedback we got was, hey, listen, this is really expensive to build. You know, these screens cost tens of thousands of dollars per truck. Why don't you prove to us that there's even demand for truckside advertising from brands in a cheaper, more inexpensive manner? So we switched the business from those digital screens, which is like very too much, too fast tech forward to something a bit more simpler, which is your vinyl, uh, temporary vinyl on these truck wraps. And then what we did is we leaned really hard into the technology side. So this can get off the rails pretty quickly, but I'll try to do it very briefly. We essentially have a GPS, like a Samsung device or a Geotab or a Verizon device in the vehicle. And then from the GPS, we're using technology to actually geofence around the truck every second, capturing mobile phones. And with those mobile phones, we can then hit them on Facebook, Instagram. We can see, do those people visit you know, uh, Verizon's website? Do they download the Verizon app? Do they visit a Verizon store? And so that sort of unlocked, okay, we can figure out return on investment for offline media. And so we've been able to marry these two elements, sort of like an older school marketing tactic of wrapping trucks with some very new age technology to understand what was the actual return on investment we got for wrapping that truck. And once we were able to prove actual return on investment, like, hey, you know, for every dollar you invested in this truck wrap program, you got $3 back, we were able to really crack it open and uh, expand nationwide. So as of speaking, we uh, support campaigns and brands in about 35 different cities across the country. And um, it's been off to the races. Hopefully, uh, we keep doing our job and uh, uh, 35 will turn
1: to 50, turn to 100. <laughs> I'm glad you answered that question about the digital billboards, because when I first, um, when you guys first reached out to me, I had heard your name a few years ago, and I was like, that digital billboard uh, truck startup. And it's kind of interesting, because originally you thought sort of your tech forward approach would have been on the side of the truck, when not really. It's the tech that surrounds the truck and the people around the truck, but there's actually a more traditional approach because cost just makes more sense. What a cool pivot. Now, how does it work now? I'm a client. I want to be involved in this. What, what do I do?
2: Yeah, from the trucking side, we have uh, an awesome operations team. So um, at the moment, and hopefully this changes, we're focused on last mile delivery. So 26-foot type uh, box trucks, the ones in those dense urban areas, that's for the moment what the brands um, are demanding. I think as we continue to scale, our plan is to move into the -the over-the-road trucks, the 52-footers, things like that. Um, As you can imagine, more surface area to wrap, less views per truck per day. That's going to sort of be a 2.0, I think, for our business but folks that uh, operate last mile delivery trucks we have a uh, essentially a program where you can apply we will send you a gps device uh, from samsara something that just plugs right into the odb2 port and we will track your vehicle to understand okay what's the utilization rate um where is it traveling at what hours is it traveling to understand how many views per truck per day is that vehicle getting and then based on that information we can say hey listen we think this is a good match. Um, we have these three advertisers as options for you. Um, are you comfortable with these? And I think something that's important to our business is twofold. One, you will always have right of first refusal on the advertiser, right? If you're delivering Coke, in no world would we want you to put Pepsi on your vehicle and risk that business. And the other is we, at the outside of this business, we uh, feel very strongly that this business doesn't work unless we are essentially invisible to these partners. And so when we do these truck wraps, we deploy teams out. They install during nights and weekends in times where they're not going to get in the way of your delivery schedule or anything that would mess up your day to day. So we try to be pretty passive. It should feel like just found money uh, on the operation side. And then obviously the the rest of our business is very focused on courting advertisers and brands so that we can keep this consistent demand and growing the business.
1: Do you have a favorite ad that you've done so far when we're like, damn, we really nailed that one? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, this is going to be an interesting
2: one, but there's a company called CBD Distillery, and it's a CBD company. And you know, we, we, run, we do all sorts of uh, brands from like major market to smaller brands. But this one was so cool because because we can measure the effectiveness of advertisements. We've been able to figure out what works well and what doesn't. And so there's some fascinating things you learn by following the data. And here's just an example. The color red works really well because when we see red in the real world, it usually communicates stop and pay attention. Red lights, brake lights, stop signs. And that shows in the performance data. The color that also works is purple. Purple is a rare naturally occurring color. It's only in flowers and sunsets. So when we see it in the real world on large format, you know, on these trucks, it just creates a ton of contrast and it works incredibly well. And so we were dealing with this brand CBD distillery. They loved those lessons. They're like, oh, red, like we'd love to use red, but it's a pretty harsh color for a brand that's trying to communicate, you know, relaxation and softness. And so what they did is they married that approach and they used um, this red and purple and created an awesome sunset as the like backfill of the the truck wrap. And I'll, I'll make sure it gets over to you dinner, but it's a cool one because if you see it, it's, essentially physically impossible to miss it pops so loudly and when i tell brands is you're always trying to toe this line between being off-brandedly loud with your advertising and still maintaining your brand ethos and your your brand style guide but yeah that was was a pretty fun one
1: i think it's i think it's awesome man How, how do people how do people use your services where do i send them to to go learn more
2: yeah, so uh, agile.co, adgil co is our website. You can contact us there, whether you're on the trucking side, whether you're on the brand side, that's a, a great place to contact with us. I am able to be uh, found on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter, Shay 314 um, And you can email me anytime, T tshay, T-S-H-E-A, at agile.co.
1: Tom, hey, a little cowbell for you and your team. Great job building the company, and I love to see your your box trucks out there. Take care, buddy.
2: We'll have to get you. A, we'll get you a what the truck
1: version of this real soon. All right. Oh, say, I'll be right here on this desk if you send me one. Awesome. Easy. Take it easy, buddy. All right. Cool. All right. Meanwhile, this is oh, this ten forty is 1040. kind of a kind of a shocking oh, video. Right
2: what would you do in a situation like this?
1: This is crazy. Why what do you do? So watch these guys here. You see that truck in front of them? These guys are pulling a hijack right here. When I first saw this, I was like, are these cops? No, not at all. You can see a guy break the side window. The two drivers just stopped on the side of the road. They're going to get pulled out here. Man, what would you do in this situation? I think I'd be like, that driver, I'd just freeze. If you watch him, he, has like, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, am I supposed to move? Am I not supposed to move? Do I need my license and registration? And then these guys here still worried about the coronavirus to get their masks on. And, uh, I don't know. I I hope they busted these guys. I would, uh, yeah, I would be out of the truck. Looks rough. Thanks for sharing that one, Larry Coltrane. Yeah, drivers, be safe out there, man. Be, be very careful. Some security out there, not so great. Let's talk to Trey Griggs and Dan Lindsay. Trey is from Beta Consulting Group. Dan Lindsay is the president of the event that we're talking about. It's the Broker Carrier Summit. Trey, I just heard all that talk about purple, and I'm disappointed to see you in green.
3: Well, I know. <laughs> if I'd have known in advance, I would have uh, taken a better uh, preparation for today. But, man, you put us on, I was... Sm- uh-oh, Trey smiling, broke. And then that uh, hijack comes on, and now I'm shocked to go out of my house.
1: Yeah, you, sh- you, you should be these days, Trey. You should definitely stay in the house. Dan, how about you? How you doing today? I don't think we've met before.
0: We never have, yeah. I'm enjoying the Midwest uh, extended summer here, so it's been great.
1: Well, you are the, the, uh, what, the president of this Broker Carrier Summit, so who better than you to tell us
0: what it is? Yeah, so this is the premier opportunity, I think, in the industry for brokers and carriers to connect with each other. Uh, One of the reasons we started the summit was because brokers and carriers have a, uh, let's call it a tense relationship and have had so for a long time. And so uh, I didn't really see anyone creating an environment for the two sides to come together, so we decided to do it ourselves. And so uh, we're meeting in Tampa next week uh, to uh, talk about networking, build partnerships, and uh, overall encourage people to to increase their, their communication in the industry.
1: Now, Trey, I know you had to bring in some good speakers for this, right? Who who you got? Who's going to step on that stage?
3: We got Don Salvucci-Favier of Green Screens. Robert Bain, the strongest man in logistics, will take the stage. Ed Stockman of Neutral. Melanie Patterson from Integrity and many others. It's going to be great content, great conversations. There may be a few shenanigans, which is partly why I'm wearing my Savannah Banana shirt today. It might get a little crazy up there. There could be some shaving of heads and beards and we're going to play the prices right there's a lot of fun and a lot of great content to be had at this event.
1: You know now that you say, I was like man I was a little disappointed I wasn't attending but now that you mentioned the beard shaving I am I'm okay I'll I'll, I'll, I'll look at the highlights <laughs> and all the tagging people too on LinkedIn. Well, that begs that begs the next question though if people want tickets are are they still available can they still attend?
3: Yeah, we do have a few. They are, yes. You go to brokercarriersummit.com. Yeah, Dan, go right ahead. But they're they're brokercarriersummit.com. They can still join, especially if you're in Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, of course, because it's down in Tampa. It's a short drive or a short flight, and we would love to see. If we get 300 people registered, that's where the faux hawk is going away, which I'm a little nervous about that. I haven't lost that in quite a long time. If we get to 500 registered attendees, then Robert Bain's going to shave his beard all on stage and anybody who buys a ticket now enters a raffle to be the one who does the honors. So we'll bring him up on stage, and we'll shave the head. We'll have a good time. Have a lot of fun.
1: Ooh, you should you should bring in Brutus the Barber Beefcake for that, like the shears and everything Ooh, on the old good w- idea. <laughs> So it, is it is this the first one, Dan? Is this your first broker carrier summit? What's like the vision for this event? What's the vision moving forward?
0: Yeah, so this is the second event we we're hosting. So we hosted one in Indianapolis back in April. Uh, it was a great event. We had brought about 75 people to it and everyone wanted to come back. Everyone wanted to learn more. And so the vision for the summit is actually to go beyond just being another conference that everyone can go to, right? There's plenty of those out there. What we're trying to do is actually build a community of freight brokers and trucking companies and uh, logistics companies in general that can partner with each other and, uh, maintain relationships throughout the year and use the summit as a means to come together and grow the relationships.
1: Dan, it sounds awesome. Trey, before I let let you go, send us home. Why should we go? Get us excited.
3: Well, listen, at the first one, it almost had a cage fight to start things out when one trucker stood up and said, I hate brokers. And it could have gotten a little tense, could have gotten a little rough. But what happened at the end is that the truckers started to appreciate what freight brokers do. Freight brokers started to understand what carriers do, how expensive it is to run a truck. And those conversations have created partnerships that just give each other a better perspective. So I'm excited. This is one of my favorite conferences. I'm looking forward to it. And we'd love to see people come and join us. It's going to be great. One last time, where do we go to get tickets?
1: broker dot summit.com easy enough all right in the name dan it was great to meet you i'll have to meet you in person sometime and trey it's been too long so you take care you have a great time over in tampa thanks tuner take care guys good stuff all right, we got to tip the band. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics has been recognized as a top performer by Cranes, Forbes, Inbound Logistics, Transport Topics, and yes, even FreightWaves right here. They're on our Freight Tech 100 list. Boost your job satisfaction, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities with one of the fastest-growing organizations in this industry. Visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Get yourself a new job going to 2024. kicking ass with AIT. All right, elsewhere. Truck Speaking of he's box, box trucks, I don't truck know if this guy has an agile logo goodness, on it, but like uh that. he's putting okay. a big assist here for the cops. Okay, okay.
0: he's going to get squeezed in there. He's that was a stolen car right there. Ooh, the took, took the, the door right off him. Took the door off. <laughs> truck ahead. He's got a box truck. <laughs> Look at ahead. That. Oh my goodness! Look at that. Ooh. Okay. That was worth twice. Okay, he's going to get squeezed in there. He's right off. Look at that door. Took the door off. Took the door off.
1: All right. Okay. We got something really cool coming up now. Oh, these guys said take the Dwarf Cano Purcell. I don't got time for all those comments. Let's talk to Thomas Healy, the CEO and founder over at Highland. Thomas, I have been waiting for this day. Ever since I've met you, we've been talking about this CARB certification. When's it going to happen? I know it's a big milestone for both Hylion and Cummins and a little cowbell for you and the team. You, You brought it home just recently, the announcement. Tell us about it
4: no i appreciate the applause uh, no it's been a, a big push for the last couple of years as you know to get through uh testing and validating the powertrain now actually to get the carb certification that means that we can uh, ship these units out to customers, they can drive them in California, and it also enables us to be able to go after those credits that we've been talking about. So ACT, ACF, the new mandates that are coming in for both the OEMs as well as the fleets, uh, having this certification now means that we can actually uh, qualify for those. So uh, big milestone, as you mentioned, uh, in this path to actually getting these products out there.
1: Well, I'm sure you updated your pitch decks to include that because you're in a bit of a holding pattern, right? With all the regulations coming out, most fleets, when they're thinking about this, they're thinking about those certifications. They need trucks that they can buy. And most fleets that buy trucks, they keep them for a little while, especially the big ones, and they want to sell them to someone else. So there's a big concern with the truck I buy now. Is it ready for next year? Is it ready for five years from now? And can I sell it to someone else down the road? And now your truck is meeting those qualifications. This has to, has this increased interest? Have you been able to uh, increase your sales flow?
4: Yeah, it's definitely increased interest with fleets because, you know, these fleets, they're looking at it and saying, like, we don't have practical solutions in order to actually get... Uh, to these mandates to uh, to achieve them and get electrification out on the road. As you know, BEV plug-in trucks cost a tremendous amount. Fuel cell trucks, uh, you know, similarly have uh, have cost issues as well as just where do you actually get the fuel? And so that's where we see the advantage of the Hypertruck ERX. And so fleets are looking at and saying, all right, I can t- get this you know, Hypertruck ERX. I can use natural gas to refuel it, but I'm also going to be able to qualify for uh, for these credits and that's uh, that's a huge win for fleets because uh you know they honestly they're pretty concerned about credits and how are they going to be able to uh to check the box you know for a fleet starting in 2027 out in california i think it's 10 percent of the the trucks in their operation so not just the new trucks they're buying but the ones they have in operation uh, in california need to be uh credit qualifying vehicles so uh so Our trucks will. If fleets are adopting them now, then, uh, you know, they're going to be able to uh, to apply those when they go look at how much of their fleet is electric in 27 to, to be able to meet this mandate.
1: What was the process for getting it certified? This is it's been a long road.
4: So we did it as a, a dual executive order. So as you mentioned, Cummins was a part of this. And so uh, we used the Cummins natural gas engine under the hood, and then we used that to recharge the battery pack. So we leveraged the Cummins certification that they have on their 12-liter engine, uh, worked with them as well to create the, the kind of hybrid uh, electric certification that we had to, to go for. Uh, we jointly applied, it's called dual executive order, jointly applied for that uh, with Cummins to CARB. Uh, obviously, had to supply a tremendous amount of data, right, actually uh, taking data off of vehicles that we've had in operation, submitting that to CARB, showing the emissions profile of the vehicle, uh, showing when the generator's kicking on, kicking off, all that sort of information, and, uh, and showing to CARB that, hey, this is a, a clean vehicle and, uh, you know, has not only the ability to operate on electric, but also can operate with that range extender going as well. You know what all the, uh, the Twitter people and the Discord people want to know?
1: Deliveries,
4: are they coming this year, Thomas? <laughs> So we are uh, we are in the process of building the trucks right now. So I'm actually not in Austin right now. I'm actually Ooh. up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, this is our Carnot facility. So the uh, the thing you see over my right shoulder, that's actually a, uh, a 3D printing additive machine. We can we can talk about that if you want. But if I was in Austin right now and uh, you saw our shop, it is full of, uh, of trucks being built out right now. Uh, and our plan is to start delivering those before the end of the year here out to fleets. Uh, we are in the process of running fleet trials right now as well. So we actually have fleets where we're handing over the vehicle, handing over the keys, and they're running them uh, in their daily operations. And uh, that's kicked off. That's been going very well for people who have uh, been following our journey. You may have uh, noticed on our last earnings call, we said we have fleet trials that we still need to do and we have uh, this CARB certification that we still need to do. So uh, we've we've uh, kicked off the fleet trials. CARB, we've obviously announced. So we are well on our path to, uh, to starting this commercialization here uh, before the end of the year.
1: Now, I got to ask you something. So the 12-liter genset, can that be sold in California or can that not be sold in California?
4: So that can be sold in California. So that is a a certified engine. But we had to, uh, CARB views it as if you're going to change the powertrain, you need to get things recertified, right? So what we've basically done is said, hey, we're using this 12-liter engine as a generator on the truck, but then the powertrain is now the electric drive system. And so uh, we had high confidence that this was going to be approved by CARB, right, Um, since the 12-liter engine had already been approved. And now we're adding an, an extra benefit of the electric powertrain, but you still have to go through the process of getting that certification
1: that makes sense that makes sense that was a that was a question a few people had too and I was like I think they can I think they can with this new certification but I will check with Thomas to make sure Um, the other thing is in 2024 do you think that will you be integrating with with mod centers yet are we at that stage
4: yeah, so uh, so we're doing the initial builds ourselves in Austin, where we're putting the the powertrain on the vehicle, uh, and we've already started doing some work with mod centers uh, in order to assist us with uh, even some of the the early builds. Of um, our like pre-production vehicles that we're doing, so uh, we're we're working through that. We uh, we we think that as we go into next year, that's when we might start uh, start looking at utilizing mod centers more. But uh, kind of the the vision all along has been let's use our own internal facility first, so that we can build up volume, uh, and then as we start capping out that capacity, then that's when we'll bring mod centers online. But as I mentioned, you know we've already started the process of getting them trained up and uh, and getting their feedback as well, because mod centers. are are awesome at doing installs of uh of technology and so there's things that you know we got we had the opportunity to learn from them and uh and even proud to say that uh they looked at some of the stuff we we were doing and thought it was pretty creative as well
1: thomas fuel cell ev natural gas who's winning out who's going to win in california
4: yeah, it, it's a good question. So I think uh, it's, it's a multifaceted approach, right, where uh, fleets aren't going to have a one-size-fits-all solution anymore like they have in diesel. I think the struggles of infrastructure with BEV are a lot harder than, uh, than people were expecting. Um, I just heard a story the other day of uh, a fleet went to their utility and asked... If ever, uh, that they would be able to get the amount of electricity they were requesting to be able to plug that vehicle in. So uh, that's where a range extender is going to work. And then with hydrogen, it's still a cost problem today. Uh, it's That is, you know, hopefully being worked on, um, you know, but today natural gas is, uh, is far, far less expensive. You know, you can buy that gas at... A dollar, dollar and a half a gallon versus uh, hydrogen. Uh, I, you know, if in California you're looking at like ten to fifteen dollars a gallon. Um, you know, fun fact, uh, I just saw some quotes from uh, from a fleet where they they were wanting to bring hydrogen uh, in. And uh, they were getting charged over $100 a gallon uh, to, to bring in fueling to their, uh, their depot in order to fuel up a truck. Now, that's not practical, right? Obviously, it's not practical from a cost standpoint, but it's also not practical from how this will get rolled out long term. But it just goes to show kind of how we're still in very early innings of hydrogen actually being adopted and, and having it be anywhere near a reasonable cost.
1: Thomas, what's the next big announcement we're going to hear at a Hylion? Is it has to do with that facility you're at in <laughs> Cincinnati? That Carnot behind you?
4: So we're making awesome progress on the Carnot. Uh, yeah, team is is doing a fantastic job. The technology is coming along. So. Uh, it additive manufacturing, like the machines behind me, were, were printing parts. Uh, I was just actually out there with the team. We're looking at we we created new piston uh, pieces and uh, and you know, the cool thing is they design something and then they press print on these machines and a couple of days later you now have your parts and you get to put them in the genset and, and test it out. Uh, the hyper truck Carno, which is the vehicle that has the Carno generator installed on it, is uh, is behind me over to the left. And so, uh, yeah, Carno is, is doing great things. Uh, as we've previously shared, we're We're going to start commercial deployments of stationary units next year. So what that means is we'll take this gen set that we see as long term being applicable to go on a vehicle and charge the batteries, but we actually see an immediate opportunity where we can actually take it and put it into a stationary application. Power EV chargers, power a building like the one we're in, uh, produce enough electricity to push it back into the grid. So uh, a lot of this stuff is things that uh, we have on our roadmap and uh, and we're going to be executing on. So stay tuned for uh, for successes there. And uh, and yeah, we see this as another huge part of uh, of the Hyalion journey, uh, actually getting into stationary distributed power generation. Which uh, anyone that's tried to get more electricity from their utility provider knows that uh, it's a bottleneck, right? now and you just can't get power in many states and so we have a, a solution that we think can elegantly solve that thomas you got these on sleepers now to address the concerns of the
1: drayage community who are facing the most pressure with this with the impending regulations
4: so we have the Hypertruck erx which is the uh one that we were talking about being certified that is on uh, on a sleeper truck i mean That's the day cab yeah sorry a day cab option yeah yeah. So, uh, day cab, uh, we, we have added it to our roadmap. Uh, it is something that, uh, is not going to be here overnight. You know, we, we envision the, uh, the deliveries to come here, we're going to all be on sleeper trucks. And then, uh, we've added the, the day cab to our journey because, um, you know, for drayage applications, it, it's, you know, we see there's demand for day cab. Actually, I, you know, a little bit of a long story here, but I you mean, know, when we got into this, I didn't think that day cab was going to be a market for us because I thought BEV would take that over what's happened is is bevs aren't getting the range and the infrastructure needs are are too challenging so now fleets are coming back and saying i actually want a day cab that has a range extender on it and so uh so that's where we've added it to our roadmap. now in terms of going into ports uh, we have seen some uh areas like california where they've said starting in 2024 only BEV plug-in or fuel cell vehicles are going to be applicable for uh, new port applications. So, unfortunately, we won't qualify for that under, uh, under the um, you know, the natural gas range extender as we obviously get into the fuel cell vehicle, potentially with Carno as well, than we would. Uh, but, you know, we see day cab uh, being applicable for even like a couple hundred mile runs, um, you know, range extender is a good fit. You know, the, um, I know
1: a few companies who have been early adopters of EV semis, a few that are on the market, and uh, it's had some growing pains. It's, it's, had some, it's had some growing pains, so these solutions are definitely needed, and EV is definitely not the only way, and it's certainly not one that all fleets are looking at, especially because of range anxiety. Thomas, I look forward to what comes out of Hylion next, but in the meantime, what's the best way to, for people to keep up on the news out of you guys?
4: Yeah, go to our website, HighLeon.com, go to Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook. We have all those uh, being populated with the latest. And then uh, as new announcements, new things come out, we'll put out uh, press releases as well. So it's an exciting time right now. A lot going on, um, you know, both with the powertrain and then also with Carno here as well. So uh, much more exciting things to come. Love to hear it. Love to see it. Once again, congrats on that CARB
1: certification. Love to see it. Uh, Road for HighLeon looks bright to me. Thanks, Juner. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, everybody. Know where the road doesn't look bright, though? Over, uh, where is this? Aurora OPP posted this video. Look at this celery over here. Aurora
0: OPP members are
5: currently on the scene of a tractor-trailer rollover, Highway 400, just south of Highway 9. As you can see, celery has been sprayed all over the highway. Cleanup crews are working to ensure the safety of uh, motorists. Uh, (laughs) Traffic is being diverted onto Highway 9.
1: Aurora. Yeah, well, where's the peanut butter when you need it? Some ants on the log. Hey, we got Steve Cox, president at STEAM, in the house. Steve, come over to this desk first. Let's talk about this controversy. Some people don't like people banging things. I like to bang things. So I think we're kind of kindred spirits over here, buddy. What's going on? How are you doing? Right across the street. You don't stop by enough.
5: We 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 like to bang the gong. You love to we're bang.
1: We're busy. We're busy banging the gong. You love to bang. I even yeah. so. People who are unfamiliar, look at the gong right here. I got a video to show you guys. This is just like a normal day over at Steam, right? I think are is a sticker review on that gong. Yeah. Did you bring any more uh, of those
5: stickers with you? Yeah, I can get you some. You can get yeah. Them some? I have them.
1: We have a we have a ton of them. Now, so people, you know, look. Freightways, big company, a lot of lovers, a lot of haters. Steam, big company, and invites a lot of people who love Steam, a lot of people, and then there's also a lot of haters. You get get wrapped up in some controversy. The latest one has been this gong thing. Someone out of Boston, my hometown, they posted this video right here. I thought it was hilarious. He looked like he was, like, caught by jigsaw in some sort of saw trap, and he's just getting slammed into... Uh,
5: There's only two people in that office, because they they have to get creative. I think one of your guys... had to use a chair.
1: One of your guys actually commented on this. I think it might be... um, I think it might be the man who was rammed into that. Would yeah. this have been, where was it? Matthew Scott? Oh, Matthew, yeah, Matthew Soloff. He says, yeah. I, want, I just want to provide some real context here that nobody else has. What Jason failed to share from Steve's post is that this was a video taken in the Boston Arts that currently has two employees. They're busting their ass out yeah. there. They got a nice sale, and they, uh, they wanted to share a nice win and show they're part of that steam culture. They
5: were happy about it. We, we, you know, we get excited about wins like that, so it's time to, you know, we, we put a lot of videos out and... Mostly the gong.
1: Well, Steve, I was wondering what the community felt like, because there was so much back and forth. There's some people who loved it. There's some people who hated it. And I took a poll, and it turns out, you know, most people, 56%, are pro-gong. They say bang away. That's not bad. That's good, right? You want to be on that side. We'll take it. Only 44% think we should completely bang. That's not bad. Yeah. When did you start the gong?
5: You know, it's been a couple years. Uh, At first, we started to do skits. Yeah. So we would do a skit, uh, just celebrating a win, and then we started the gong's easier. Yeah. Uh, but people started to get creative. We've had the gong at like the Arch in St. Louis. We've had the gong in the Bay in Boston. We've had the gong uh, in Savannah with a, a huge vessel going by. Like we've gotten more and more creative with it, which is it's fun for, the, for, for our people that work so hard every day and bust it trying to bring in new customers. And when they actually get one, especially in this market, yeah, uh, we want to celebrate that.
1: I saw a video this morning of someone right over by the bridge over there doing a cartwheel. That's Some right. girl was doing a cartwheel. She hit the gong.
5: Yeah. I think that was our first customer in a couple of months, and she was fired up about it.
1: Hey, I hear these gongs aren't cheap.
5: No, they're about twelve hundred.
1: Twelve hundred bucks for so we, a gong. Yeah, we have
5: one, in, we—I oh, think we have about eighteen of them. So yeah, yeah, one in every office and one in every floor in the steam building next door.
1: But what do you, what do you have to say to the people who think that this is? like bad or or encourages fraternal behavior or something.
5: I mean, we put videos out just to celebrate our culture and our people and the hard work they're doing every day, that's it, uh, that's, that's our only real motivation is to be able to show people in Boston what's going on in St. Louis and uh, St. Louis what's going on in Savannah and, and that's the only reason we put them out.
1: Yeah. Is the, uh, I, the, the contention in that post, the one that caused the controversy, it tried to imply Oh, what would customers think about this? Have you ever had a customer be like, I hate the gunk? Because I've seen your videos, it's not like you go there and you kind of like exploit who just signed up with yeah. you. It's just the, the person who did it hitting the gunk. We've had
5: customers tell us that, aren't even doing business with us, tell us that they've seen our videos. So. You know, it, it, there's 20,000 brokers in the industry. If they recognize our brand uh, over another company that is unrecognized, obviously we have a better chance to getting in the door. So uh, we've not had any problems. We've, Procter & Gamble was a company that said they saw our gong videos before we started a new business with them. So, I mean, uh, it does get out there, and, and that's, I mean, we really do it to encourage our people uh, because uh, cold calling can be mundane. Let's just say that. I, yeah, I
1: think so. Well, the thing you have to understand, too, is that, all these partners of yours, they have sales teams too. Yeah. Like they are selling goods. That's why you're moving it because someone sold it and I'm sure that they celebrate as well. Now, I, I don't know if you were at this office before the pandemic, but our sales yeah. floor used to be here. We didn't have a gong, but we had ambition and ambition yeah. would play on that board. And it was it was awesome. Like I would bang, like everyone would go nuts. You go up from your desk. There, yeah, there was like maybe 15% of the people that thought it was disruptive and like, and, and hated it. But I felt like it created a lot of community. It got really everybody did. sort of excited. And like, if someone has a bad attitude about it, like, they don't belong as part of the culture.
5: I, we couldn't agree more.
1: I like that. I like that you take that stance. You're yeah. like, you know, there's plenty of other... If you don't like what we do, then don't. But this is what we do. This is who we are. But to, to really know and, and, and to, to see if anyone's complaint is real, we decided that you should bring the gong down here to the studio today, That's right? right.
5: We, I lugged it over.
1: Now, the people said you should it's never headed. ram someone's head. I said, do you mind gong? Someone here said, sure, as long as you don't use someone's head. Yeah, they're great, as long as you don't ram someone into it. Well, I don't know. I think they could be good either way. Should we you've go with find-
5: he- You've got a helmet. HR approved it, right? You've got an approval from your HR department. Yeah, That's all you need. I, didn't really, yeah.
1: Yeah. I got enough for approval. Yeah. We're good.
5: We're gonna try to avoid a workers' comp claim.
1: Fraser Good yeah. Game has approved it. Should we go over to where are the okay, the right gong's there. right over there? Sure. All right, let's go over to the gong show. Okay, cool. All right, we're gonna slip over here. I gotta get my PPE on
5: brought four strapping young bucks from the
1: Oh, office, great, so. great. Because I'm not the smallest guy on earth. I apologize, guys. I hope you've stretched a little bit. Yeah. Uh, rate the strap work, everybody. Got this right here, as you can see. Steam gong. You can see the picture of Steve Cox right here. And uh, sh- well, should I actually hit it first so you can hear how it sounds? Before I do the head, I'll get my own. Fraser says pretty good. OK. Let's see how the head does. How are we gonna, how are we gonna go about this? Do I need to uh, just get on the ground? Just lay down. They're just lay down.
5: Closer to the arm, bro, gonna... All right. Just grab under the, uh, <laughs> under the arm there and around the shoulder. <laughs> All right,
1: I'm getting lifted up. You're a big guy, bro. I am. Uh, All right. <laughs> one, two, three. Oh yeah, that sounds good. One more. Oops. Oh yeah, one more. Yeah, beautiful. All right. <laughs> that was awesome. How would that feel? That was a good time. That, that felt great. I felt like I just sold a big account. I just felt like I booked 400 lanes.
5: You might have just now with the gong.
1: I got to go in studio, in your own studio one time
5: and do this. You're in. You, right across the street.
1: Well, Steve, thank you so thank much you. for stopping by. Nice thank you. For, I think gongs are fine. I am now officially 100% pro gong. Thank you very much. You win the debate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. Got another video over here. What'd what do you think? Think of that, Justin. <laughs> I'm like screenshotting everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> my head is uh, my head is a little rock, but this this helmet did its job. Hey, let's take a look at something real quick though. I need a little R&R after this. Let's take a look at New York City glamping. What do you think about this?
6: Uh, I don't know. I I love these um videos where they everything's like perfectly shot and the weather's fine and it's the right time of day i love when people actually show up to these sites and like record just as they normally would if they were staying and it's never like as the video is presented to be um this is pretty slick it's really well shot um also i noticed there's people just also in tents they're not even in the uh in the shipping containers
1: yeah, so the whole glamping just- thing, apparently you can get vans, you can get tents, you can also, like, stay inside one of those shipping containers. This is over in the Brooklyn area. Some people said it's insensitive because of the, like, immigrant crisis and, and homelessness. Do you think that? Eh, I don't really see that. Do you? No, and seeing some of the hotels I've been looking at, the, the, they're staying at some pretty swanky places compared to a shipping container. You think a bunch of hard, like, slice hard-boiled eggs in a shipping container with your lover is a good idea? No, absolutely not you gotta be, you're gonna be you're to be stinking that place up real quick. That could get bad in a hurry. What did you? By yeah. the way, what did you think of the? Are you pro gong or are you anti gong? I think they're fun. Oh, pro gong, pro gong, absolutely. Yeah, how, like how, like how would guys like us who hit cowbells and are pretty loud to begin with not like a nice gong or a little show no. once in a while? You got to put on a show. Yeah, you got you got to like you got to flex every once in a while. Yeah. You know who's not flexing right now? Or maybe who is? hackers are flexing. So Yellow goes out of business. Interesting. A butterfly flaps its wings in Africa. Yellow goes out of business. There's all these terminal bids that start coming out, right? Estes puts out, like, the first talking horse bid. um, And then they they got the final one right now that has has set the floor, that set the table on what's happening here. And then, like, a week later... We learned that Estes has been hacked on Monday. I mentioned it briefly. We had not had confirmation, so I couldn't call it a hack. But they put this tweet out and it said, Yesterday, we shared a notice regarding an, on, or an ongoing IT infrastructure outage and can f- confirm today that this outage appears to be the result of a cyber attack. We are unable to share specific details at this time. Our terminals and drivers are effectively picking up and delivering freight while well, we work through this event. We're working as quickly as possible to resolve the issue and return to business as usual. They've got more than 22,000 employees over there. They say they're all banding together but all of the initial reports i'm starting to hear from people is it's been it's been a nightmare it's hell the phone lines are down tracking's down it's very hard to get in touch with people on social media they're asking people to like DM their uh dm their ex account yeah <laughs> or to or to text their uh, their agent if they know their cell phone personally what, what what's going on here What what's the latest on this anything has, has anything developed everyone's still in hell yeah pretty much estes has set up a secondary site um
6: you can reach out to them through that. It's also on their on their X account. Um, but we're we're seeing this more and more. Um, even police departments are not immune to this type of ransomware attack. That's that's what it seems to be like. Um, they haven't really given any specifics, but that's typically what happens. Is uh you know attackers breach your database, they encrypt all your data, and they hold it at ransom until you deliver uh you know a little bit of crypto into a crypto wallet somewhere, and then they will unlock your uh, unlock your data for you. That, yeah, so your, your two options are either pay the ransom or find a backup somewhere. And it seems like that's what SCs is maybe trying to do here is to, to find a backup. But then, you know, how far
1: how far back is that backup uh Going, who knows? Any any stop in logistics cycle. I mean, these companies are all like kind of running at, at, at max efficiency that they can. You know, the freight flows are going yeah. out, they have their own process. So, when you put a wrench in the system, it screws up things for a while. And, yeah. like, there's shippers, a lot of people on there who commented, they're like, hey, I got a shipment that was supposed to deliver yesterday. Like, I, I have no information, I have no way of finding out. We've tried to call them, but because of the hack, their phone lines are down. Freightways has called multiple times, they haven't. Yeah. And you kind of touched on this, but Justin, look at the growth. In Cybercrime it Skyrocket. In 2018, it was 0.86 billion. Uh oh, sorry, 0.86 trillion dollars. In 2019, it was 1.16 trillion, 2022.95, 2021, 5.99, 2022, 8.44. This year projected to be eleven point five. It only goes up by 2027, it's supposed to be twenty-three point eight two trillion dollars. These attacks are happening all the time. And it makes sense the more tech you bring into a place, the more susceptible you are and um the less like one of the issues i think a lot of businesses do is they adopt tech they bring in new technology and it leaves open doors because the 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 admins don't get in here in there enough they're not doing the updates enough to these systems
6: yeah or they um don't pay their it staff enough so there's high turnover and you know you have a guy that used to work for you he's got all your old admin keys he didn't change any of your passwords guess what that leaves you super
4: vulnerable
1: this guy says, I've been waiting since Friday for SDs to call me with a delivery appointment. It is impossible to contact you by phone or the website. How do I find the status of the shipment? This is not a cheap item. Yeah, here it is. another one. Please DM us. Twitter's new system doesn't allow me to DM you without paying them money. Could you DM me, please? And then they're like, uh, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> like, what? Why can't you just DM the guy?
6: Their poor social media guys. is just like, look, I was just here to like run the accounts. I'm not supposed to be here to like
1: run customer support. So <laughs> they probably deserve a raise after this, for sure. This guy who commented on FreightWaves.com, he said, I work for Estes Freight Lines out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our old system is down, computers, company phones, and business phones, but we're still out making all deliveries and pickups that we can. Yeah, I mean, they're just going off paper. They're just going on what they know and what they can see in front of them. But anything that's sort of digital or in that system that a specific rep doesn't know about, that's going to be a challenge.
6: Yeah, all their tracking is down, too. So if you have something that's in the pipe, it'll get there when it gets
1: there. Customers, yeah, they say customers can contact us or pick up requests and questions and get their freight through the form available at express. Just go to Estes Express X account. I'm not going to read that, that all out to you. Uh, Justin, more news has come out recently on speed limiters. We have a number now, 68 miles per hour. I think we have a little video on this from Awida. There we go. Yeah, and this says uh, this is going to be your future. Just stuck behind two trucks next to each other going 68 miles per hour down the freeway. That's the vision they present on this. This applies to what? Trucks with a GVWR of more than 26,000 um, pounds and only trucks manufactured. At, why only trucks manufactured after model year 2003?
6: Uh, probably because they have a diagnostic port that you can plug into and, and turn the truck down. That's why a lot of guys prefer trucks before 2007 as well, or 2009, because they don't have all the um, extra emissions uh, stuff bolted on, too. So you're going to see the prices of those used trucks go through the roof after this.
1: FMC now plans to publish a proposal by December 29, 2023. Do you think it gets pushed back, or do you think we're in a speed limiter world in 2024?
6: Uh, so it seems like what they're trying to do is they'll, they'll push right to the edge. Everybody loses their minds and then they wait for the heat to die down and then they push it a little more and then the heat gets turned up and then they wait for it to go back down. So it's, they're, they're doing like an incremental play. They'll just doing this inch by inch by inch. And until somebody, like if you really want to like not have this go at all, you need a clean house. And I don't see that happening. It's going to take a force of will to get everybody that's pushing for this out of office and replaced by people who are going to say, no, we're never going to have uh, speed limiters implemented.
1: You know, but guys like Mac Lovin, they're like, you just need to drive 55 in the right lane. Everyone always says speed kills. Why is 68 miles per hour, why is a speed limiter a bad thing? Well, just like we saw with uh,
6: with the two trucks trying to pass each other, it's it's a huge pain in the neck. Um, I I think we would have to have like a complete cultural shift on rules and attitudes on like how to treat your fellow drivers on the road. And as we see with even without speed limiters right now, on most trucks, that's
1: just not the case. You think they're coming? I mean, it sounds like they're coming no matter what. So we don't really have a choice here. Yeah. Yeah. Again, until
6: unless someone comes in there, that's like a just a a one shot political um, uh, suicide bomber that just wants to go in and clean house and just say enough is enough. It's
1: coming. Well, they did kick a speaker out of the house for the first time yesterday. So who knows what could go on. <laughs> anything yeah, happen yeah, trying in
6: politics? Trying to, to make um, political predictions this, this, this time of year is, is, is impossible.
1: Yeah, you never know. There are. It's getting near an election. There are people throwing grenades. There are people willing to do some crazy stuff to get their name in the headlines. Yeah. like get rammed into a gong. <laughs> we
6: uh, we live in
1: interesting times. No. So what would you do? You, you mentioned that the public has to be like retrained on this. What would you do? to retrain the public on how to interface with semi-trucks. And also, do we do we have to ban them from the left lane if they're speed limited, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's the other thing too, is okay, fine,
6: that makes sense if there's three lanes, but if there's only two lanes, and you gotta, you know, even though you limit trucks at the same speed, there's no guarantee that those two trucks are gonna be traveling at the same same speed. You know, you could have a brand new set of tires on one truck versus the other. You know, there's there's all kinds of different weights. So there's all kinds of things that will affect exactly how fast a truck will travel. I mean
1: people already uh, as, as
6: far as like the as far as like the public awareness, I think just um having more like touch of truck events, let people see just how big the vehicles actually are where the blind spots are and just realize like you
1: know what it's like driving the truck you know every like the, the, my problem with speed limiters is the behavior and you mentioned it that four wheelers have around trucks. We already like you already kind of think trucks are going to go slower than you so you already want to cut them off whenever you're going through a merger or anything like that so you're not stuck behind them. That's only going to get exacerbated when you know for a fact this thing is going to be running below whatever you set your cruise control to. And, you know, I, I was just in it. I was driving through Atlanta on the freeway there. I set mine at 75 and everybody's flying past me.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I live in the Northeast and it's it's the Indy 500 year always. Um, the other thing, too, is most truck drivers are paid by the mile, not the hour. So if you're slowing the trucks down, you're taking money out of their pockets. That's why most of the drivers are up in arms over this. Not just not just the
1: motoring public. Yeah. Although maybe that could that limit capacity slightly, you know? You got every and every. I mean everyone's on an even playing field, at least it's fair, I guess. Sure,
6: unless you got a truck made in
1: two thousand two, then it's go baby sure. go. That's <laughs> true. But you might have other issues if you have a truck made in two thousand two. Yeah. Though. <laughs> yes. You do have that to worry about now. So flexport Flexport has been so much drama recently. So much drama in the LBC. Um, they had the issue with Dave Clark getting ousted. Then Ryan Peterson takes to Twitter and makes some comments about it and said, you know, his first goal is to start making better decisions. And you know, when someone leaves, you, you could you could read through the lines. They weren't necessarily the nicest comments, and you could tell it was very contentious that separation. And apparently, there was a conference a week later. Dave Clark shows up at it. right? doesn't he like. It? This is according to CNBC. I don't know if this is true. This is what they say. CNBC says Ryan wasn't even expecting him there. He's over there in the front row. Ryan, at the same time, was uh, was walking back some of the decisions made during the Dave Clark era, which was uh, hiring about, what was it, 50, 75 people, some, somewhere approximately 50 to 75. And he said they had like another 220 open jobs on the website, and he canceled all that. Some people were supposed to start within a couple weeks. But at the same time, Flexport was going to do an event, like an employee event, to celebrate the launch of their new retail tool, one that, in fact, Amazon released a very similar version of their retail supply chain tool in Flexports. So Flexport canceled a performance with Nelly, who was supposed to be at the event. He was gonna get paid $150,000 to play. Peterson, or according to the CNBC article, Peterson was like, nah, that's bad optics. And they said, hey, Nelly, you're not gonna play, but this got out anyway. So my question, Justin, is should Nelly have played? Should they have let Nelly play? The weird thing, they already paid him. Like, he, the, the cash, the check, the
6: check cleared. Um, sure, why not? You know, if they paid him already, you know, why,
1: why not? The, the check already cleared. Yeah, I mean, at one, I understand, like, you got a lot of heat for retracting the jobs. But, I, look, that's the financials. That's business. It happens. And I'm not saying that to be, like, insensitive or anything. But it, it kind of sucks. But, like, you literally already paid. But it's a bigger waste of money to not have Nelly play than to have Nelly <laughs> play when you already paid him.
6: Exactly. You know, $150,000 and now you have nothing to show for it. At least, you know, put a nice little party
1: on for your employees. 70% of the people I polled agreed with us. They said, of course, they should have let Nelly play, especially if you weren't able to get to manifest and see Nelly.
6: Yeah, I mean, and also like maybe, okay, so they don't let him play. Maybe they get like half of it back. I I could maybe see the no on there. But again, he had already paid the man.
1: Well, uh, what was it? Google? Is it Google? Did Google put their Microsoft? Bing put this out, right? Bing put out their new AI tool. So we asked it to show us what would have happened had Nelly played this event. And this is what it spit out. And it looked like it would have been a, a really good time. You got that white dude there who puts the Flex in Flexport. You got Nelly. Yeah. Well, there he is only on 50 right there. Only fifty people at
6: this event. That's that's a that's a nice that's uh, a nice cozy event. How many people can say, "Yo, I, I got to hang out at a party with Nelly" with only forty nine other
1: people? You know, is it? I mean, one hundred fifty thousand sounds pretty good. Like when you're in the logistics conference stage of your career, that almost sounds like a bad thing. Like on paper, but when you look at the financials behind it, ah, it's, there's no shame in it. One hundred fifty thousand.
6: Yeah, I mean, and talk about an easy payday for Nelly. You got paid hundred fifty thousand for nothing.
1: <laughs> Sometimes the company you're going to go to has so many issues that they can't even have you play because it's going to make them look bad.
6: There you go. Yeah, if if, if you're a two thousands uh, rap artist, that that should be your target goal: is to go after companies like in financial trouble and just book shows with them so that they
1: cancel and then you still get paid. What like two thousand to two thousand five ish artists would you book to play at an office event? Oh man.
6: um so I wasn't in a rapid, like maybe like, a, like Avenged Sevenfold. That'd be hilarious. Oh yeah. I know you're a big, you're a big Limp, limp biscuit guy. What's corn? What's corn up to now? Well, see, I'm not um, like, I'm I don't like Limp biscuit. Constants.
1: I don't like Limp biscuit recorded. I like them live. Like, you know, like Woodstock hmm. 99, when people are just going crazy. I think they bring a lot of energy and I really like respect and appreciate that energy. Yeah. But that's like in a big audit. That's like an outdoor auditorium. Yeah. What are they going to be like inside of an enclosed space? Oh, I think even crazier. Because I mean, think about how many millennials like grew up listening to Limp Biz. I think people would go nuts at a logistics conference if Limp played. It might be Woodstock '99 all over again. When's the last time you seen a photo of Fred Durst? That guy. That guy got some, has some crazy looks over the years. He looks like a completely different person. He looks like me now. Well. because... He was doing, he's like, because his new album's, like, I think it's called like Dad Vibes or something. And he's just being yeah. self-aware that he's like a late 40-something, you know, rapper playing new metal. And they're just owning it and embracing it. And I think that that's really likable about that band in a way. We've
6: worked for him. Yeah, there's nothing sadder than this. So we went to go see the Goo Goo years ago in Philly. And they're, they're still
1: hanging in there. But yeah, they're not, sure they're not they're. giving it up. None of these, I remember when I was like a kid and like the Rolling Stones came back for their Steel Wheels tour in 1990. I was a really young kid, but I remember like all the talk is like, they're too old to be performing, they're too old to be playing. And I people weren't used to it yet, just like how long these performing careers would go for some people. I mean, you still got Metallica going out there, ripping it up. Who thought like in 89, you'd still see Metallica out there?
6: Yeah, and I think it's all because of like the ways the streaming uh, revenue sharing works is like they, they get most of their money from these shows which is
1: why they're still performing so long into their into their later years yeah well that's that's why like emo's back with a vengeance too because you got all these like 35 year olds who were like I miss you know they used I, I miss some of these songs I used to like the taste to ink that came on my Spotify and like then people jump into the playlist yeah I got uh, something I, on our uh, t- okay. TJ TJ was on here on the please advise summit you know TJ right yeah yeah He's been making some great content, really been bringing us into the unhinged life of a trucker. And here he shows off the cleanliness of one of his porta potties. We talk so much about bathrooms. Let's see what he has to say about this.
0: In today's video, we're going to talk about garbage, <laughs> sewage, and graveyards. Check it out. Basically, we treat our drivers like kings around here. And so we have our porta potty dumped every single week. Let's look inside. Now the first thing you'll notice is that every seven days this thing has been dumped. That's impressive. And the second thing you'll
1: notice
0: yes. is they giving us a used. look
1: inside TJ. <laughs> we don't have that many drivers. Do you look in the abyss? I try, try to avoid so eye contact with the abyss.
6: Perfectly clear. Uh, when you see that many yeah. dates missing, there you know. It's a, just, add, it's, it's a bad idea to look.
0: Oh, I've dude, left my wet that's, wipes that's, there.
6: That is. These particular
0: wet wipes are not my favorite, so I'm going to leave them for the good of the community. No one uses these. I use those. That's what you should use.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you use those? I, is, I, I like a nice seat cover. Yeah,
6: no, I don't use the seat covers. They're, they're pretty much useless. But that is that is a 1% of 1% porta potty right there. I got to say, that that is one of the nicest ones I've ever seen. So good job, TJ.
1: So is that a 10 out of 10 on the rate the porta potty scale? Absolutely. Justin, what's the weirdest thing? Other than, you've seen? other than like maybe ones with like an air conditioning unit, I don't see how he could have topped that. Justin, let's really rate the strap work. What's the weirdest thing you've seen on the road and has it topped anything in this video? Looking at a guy who's... Alligators have been really popular lately too. Alligator, like this is the year of alligator. The, the, the AI of the guy in the swamp kicking the guy, eating the pizza. This <laughs> guy's doing sit-ups. Oh my God. That is, It's such a terrible. I, I always try not to watch these so that I get like my cool reaction. This guy's in tires. <laughs> He's at least, I don't know, maybe protected if he falls off. These guys are just playing patty cake. Kid lovers.
4: Oh, no. This is a kid.
1: I don't know if that was in the USA because that was a highly illegal video. Definitely Justin, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Uh, take care. Find them at Super Trucker. Find us at FW at the truck. Find me at Timothy Jr. That's D O O N E R. Look up the show wherever you get podcasts or on FreightWaves' Wave's YouTube channel. We have an entire playlist. Take care. Don't be a stranger.